Men, your kid may be on the spectrum and you're not quite sure what to do. If you're a father like me and have questions, maybe you're a puzzled dad too. Welcome to the Puzzle Dads Podcast, where we're cracking the code of autism one piece at a time. Welcome back to the Puzzle Dads Podcast. Um, I just want to thank everybody who uh, supported, who liked, who shared our very first episode. The feedback has been phenomenal, and I can't thank you enough uh, for the support. Uh, and, and I hope, I hope again, as, as we go through this, that, uh, that what is talked about here is helping somebody, helping another dad. Um, it can help moms too, but uh, we want to be able to uh, talk about some of these things dealing with our children with, uh, that are on the autism spectrum. Uh, and, but again, thank you. I just want to start out by saying thank you to everybody uh, who have supported. So uh, we'll get started with this second episode. And, you know, I just think it's important. Uh, I think I started something last week. I didn't know what I was going to do moving forward, but I think it's appropriate for me to stay true. Um, And I'm going to just start us off with a a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you again for this opportunity. uh, As we continue to learn more about uh, um, our children, how we can help them, how we can grow ourselves, how what um, uh, they've been diagnosed with. Um, is something that, uh, you know, we, we can love them and we can uh, help them to understand more about themselves and as we learn more about um, ourselves as dads. So we thank you. Guide this conversation. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, uh, first, uh, I've gotten a lot of uh, great uh, feedback from people as far as uh, the content and, and the initial episode, but also got some uh, uh, critiques that also can help us as we move forward. So uh, I want to make sure that uh, that you can reach out to me. Uh, you can reach out to me via puzzledads at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram with the same handle, Puzzle Dads. Uh, um, and you can check us out uh, through our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio. So uh, make sure you check out all those different forums and reach out to me if you got any questions, comments, topics that you you want me to discuss. Um, again, this is a, a safe space. This is a space where we want to uh, deal with some of the, the, the things, whether they're issues, whether they're joys, um, that we deal with as dads uh, with kids on the spectrum. Uh, so feel free to reach out and contact me uh, via those means. So. Uh, let's get started. So I'm going to start uh, with uh, our definition. So the definition of today is meltdowns. Um, we're going to call this episode two, I Can't Melt Down. So let me give you the, the uh, definition of a meltdown. A meltdown is an intense response to an overwhelming situation. It happens when someone becomes completely overwhelmed by their current situation and temporarily loses control of their behavior. This loss of control can be expressed verbally. Uh, Some examples are shouting, screaming, crying. They can be expressed physically, kicking, lashing out, biting. Or they can be expressed in both ways, as we'll talk about here in a second. 
Uh, one thing that I, I want us to understand um, is a meltdown is different from a tantrum. And I'll talk about that a little bit more as we continue to progress. But um, we're going to talk about meltdowns today. So I got to give you the disclaimer. Got to give you the disclaimer. I am not uh, an expert in autism. I'm not. I am just a dad who is an expert in his son who happens to have autism. So as I talk to you through these podcasts and these uh, these different uh, episodes, I'm talking purely from my experience. And your experience may be a little different, but we also may have some similarities too. So, um, you know, just know I am still learning uh, about um, having a child on the spectrum. I am still learning about different facets of autism. Uh, I, I'm still growing in that area. So uh, just know uh, I'm no more knowledgeable than, than anybody who may be listening or watching, uh, and I am growing with you. So I just had to put that disclaimer out there. So I, I, I like to start off with a little story since we're talking about meltdowns. Um, one story in particular stands out to me. So my, my wife's uh, grandmother passed away um, kind of unexpectedly. And so she had to travel to Tennessee, you know, to help with the family uh, to kind of get things together. So it was just me and uh, my two to three year old son. Right. And this was one of the very first experiences, uh, first first times that I was taking care of him really, you know, by myself. It had been me and her most of the, you know, most of the first few years of his life. But I was by myself which at home in the comfort of our own home was great. We had everything there we needed uh, to keep him engaged and keep him um, within his normal routine. But we had to travel to Tennessee, me and him on an airplane. Uh, he had been on an airplane before as a baby, but this was, this was a little different. You know, this was as, again, we are starting to uh, discover um, that he has challenges that we thought were with behavior. And so we, you know, the best, the easiest thing for us at the time was to try to get direct flights nonstop. Cause if we can get on the plane and just take one stop and get there, we're good. Uh, because at that time in his life, you know, a lot of sudden changes, um, a lot of um, uh, change in schedule was pretty difficult for him. And so, uh, if we didn't have a nonstop flight, it, there was no telling what was going to happen. So we always try to look for a nonstop flight. However, in this particular case, it wasn't a nonstop flight. We had a layover in uh, maybe Atlanta. I'm trying to remember. But uh, so, you know, and it was an evening flight. So it, you know, as at that age, the later it got in the evening, you know, the more irritable he he was. And so we catch the flight from Austin to Atlanta. We get to Atlanta. Now, we have about a 45-minute to an hour layover. And anybody with kids, uh, whether they're on the spectrum or not, knows waiting around for that period of time, it, you trying to find things to keep them engaged. And, you know, I'm trying to do things left and right. And um, he was still in a stroller. Uh, so, you know, we were 
you know, tr- I was trying to move him around the airport. I had snacks. I did have snacks for him, right? I did have a few toys, trying to keep him engaged in different ways. And so we went, uh, moved away from the gate because there was a delay. Uh, so we moved away from the gate kind of across, you know, from where the gated area was. Um, and then it was, it was maybe about 15 minutes of we were about to board. They made the announcement, finally, it is time for you to board your flight to uh, Nashville, Tennessee. So uh, I, I try to get my son. I say, Jamar, come on. It's, you know, it's time for us to go or whatever. And my son is just like me. He's independent. He wants to do things for himself even to this day. Right. He wants to try it for himself, no matter how hard it is. And his little three year old self wanted to push the stroller that he couldn't even reach. He could barely reach. And if he tries to push it, it's going to fall back over. And so I'm trying to get him together. Jamar, come on, it's time to go. You know, you know, let daddy push the stroller. And from there, he just went. He he, he just started melting down. Um, he He started, you know, crying. And saying no and getting louder and louder and louder. And one thing as parents uh, with a child on, on the spectrum, you know, there's two type of different reactions that, that, that there are several reactions that can happen, right, um, in the moment. You know, we can stay calm. We can get frustrated. Um, there's a level of embarrassment, if we're going to be honest. There's a level of embarrassment because our child, we're, you know, we've grown up when we see that child in the store see that child in church or in in public that's throwing a tantrum and that parent can't get them together. And so um, that is a tough thing that we have to try to work through is is that level of embarrassment that sometimes we get um, when our child's going through a meltdown. Um, And, you know, for me in that moment, it was like, okay, I can I can feel embarrassed and try to uh, try to discipline or something like that because this is before his diagnosis. I could try to discipline, or I could try to uh, stay calm. And that was the moment that I realized, okay, I need to try to be a little calmer and not worry about the people around me, right? And not not be looking around like who's looking at me, this dad, because I in the moment, and I'm, I'm gonna be vulnerable. I didn't want to feel like because I'm a very engaged dad. I did not want to feel like, you know, man, that man, that dad over there, he can't handle his son. I didn't want to feel that way. And that's what rose up in me when initially that started to happen. But I had to get myself together and realize, okay, I need to focus on him. I need to focus on how do we get him calm and get him on the plane, right? And because it wasn't just he wanted to push the stroller. He didn't even want me to help him push the stroller. And so, you know, and so we're kind of going through that. So he's crying and I'm trying to get him together. And uh, one of the, uh, you know, one of the people from uh, from Delta uh, came over and, you know, tried to give him a snack or whatever. And she was very helpful. Um, and then and even one of the uh, another parent had had some snacks for their kids. And, you know, in the middle of that gave him some snack, and it helped him to calm down. And. You know, so side note, when you see people who are going through things like that with their kids, right, um, whether you know they're on the spectrum or not, um, less condemnation is better, right? And giving people grace and asking them, hey, do you need any help? 
And in that moment, my pride could have kicked in. And I said, no, I got this. I'm good. No, don't worry about it. Or um, I can, uh, or I can do what I did, which is, yeah, sure. Let's try it. Right. Because it, if it works, I'm happy and we get on the plane. So, you know, uh, so the, the attendant came over, she helped, we got over towards the gate, you know, and he was starting to settle. One of the parents, uh, gave him a couple snacks that helped. And then we got on the plane. Once we got on the plane, he was back calm. He was okay. And then we got to Tennessee and, um, you know, that was a journey, right? But it also helped to show me that, you know, things like this are going to happen. And rather than trying to look at it as a negative, as far as why is he doing this and why is he bad and stuff like that, I needed to look at it. Okay, how do I help him in these situations, right? Um, and that's been part of the journey for these last eight years from that moment of trying to figure him out and trying to figure out how do I help and support him uh, through some of these emotional reactions to different situations, right? So, you know, so some of the things that happen when we look at, when we talk about meltdowns are, you know, uh, kids can have triggers, right? Certain things that trigger some of these emotional responses, some of uh, uh, some things that can, can, can spark these things off. And for my son, those have changed over the years, right? Um, you know, early on, you know, it was a uh, uh, change in schedule, you know, different foods, right? You know, not getting his toys, different things like that. And as he got, as he's gotten older, right, that has shifted to where it's, it's sometimes it's being defiant and really not getting his way. And I'll talk about that here in a second. So those things can change. So we can't think that uh, our child at, you know, two, three, four, five is going to be the same at 10, 11. And for those of you who have, uh, older, uh, older kids, 18, 19 grown adults, right? Those things can change, uh, as they grow up and what, with what, what I've noticed. And so, uh, you know, one of the things for him is sensory overload, right? He can, there's a lot of stimulation going on around him, whether it's a lot of people, whether it's, it's noise, uh, whether it's a change in environment, and sometimes that can be a trigger for him. Sometimes that that can cause him to just get overwhelmed, right? And 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 I'll talk in a future episode about stemming and flapping, right? Which also happens with the the sensory overload. But those can also trigger those emotional reactions, uh, which can lead to a meltdown. Change in routine. There's so many times where where uh, we have to change the schedule, have to go a different route. Uh, my son's day was going to change and, and, and then he would melt down. He would, he, he, we'd have to find ways to calm him down because, um, because, you know, we didn't know why, why I was, it was like, it was just a change in schedule and, and what, and, and I'll talk about how to look at and, and find the calm before the storm, the calm before the meltdown happens. But a change of routine was one of the biggest things for him that would cause uh, a meltdown over the years. Um, <laughs> as he's gotten older, not getting his way, right? So, you know, I mentioned meltdowns is not the same as tantrums, right? Meltdown is 
it's it's just an, it's a, a a response to a stimuli that they that a child may not necessarily be able to control versus a tantrum the child's not getting their way and they're saying I want this I want this you know however uh with my son there are times where the tantrum has led to a meltdown where he's throwing a tantrum cuz he's not getting his way and at this t- at this point in, in our lives he's 11 I can tell the difference now, but early on, I couldn't tell the difference. Early on, I thought it was just, um, it was just a tantrum. I, I thought it was just, um, you know, him, him just being, sometimes we just say they're just being bad in the moment, right? Um, but sometimes those tantrums where they're not getting their way, depending on how I approach the situation with him, could lead to a meltdown because maybe I'm pushing back. I'm really pushing back, especially as a dad with a boy. I'm pushing back and I'm 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 being firm and 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 just and just staying where I'm at rather than how can I hear him out but also help him to understand that we need to do something different. And so uh and so I had to learn that with with my son. I had to learn, you know, the difference between a tantrum and a meltdown. I had to learn, you know, how to prevent the tantrum from becoming a meltdown, right? And I'm still learning because he he doesn't have as many meltdowns as he did as he did when he was younger, but it happens every now and then. So I I'm still learning. Part of what has helped me is understanding the calm before the storm. So what's the calm before the storm um, from from my vantage point? The calm before the storm is little things that start to happen where you start to see the emotion build in your child. You start to see them start to react differently and and it builds and it builds and then it starts getting you know more intense and then it turns into it can go from 0 to 100 that quick um and then all of a sudden you know now they're in full out meltdown mode where they're not you're not re- they're not able to really hear you um the things that you're saying you know they're not responding to it Right. And all they all they're all they're seeing in that moment is is what, you know, they're they're emotionally overloaded. Um, and so for my son, that's what would happen to him. He would be he would have an emotional overload um, to where it doesn't matter what I'm trying to say to him in the moment. He just he just wouldn't respond. Right. He just wouldn't respond. So. Um, so I had so that's part of what I had to learn with him. You know, I, I look at his facial expressions, you know, he'll he'll do a look like this and then he'll and then I start to see, you know, the redness in his eyes, his tears start to well up. Right. And again, <laughs> this has really been within the last few years where I've been able to get to him prior to the next step. And so that was one of the first things for me is starting to recognize his his body, his facial expressions, his eyes all those different things to where, okay, now let me start. Hey, bud, what's wrong? What's, what, what's going on? Uh, can you talk to me? Right. Um, you know, when I can get to him and, and start to calm him before that starts, that has prevented in, in, in my eyes, a lot of tantrums with him or not tantrums, a lot of meltdowns with him, uh, because I've gotten to, and I started to read him, uh, read his body language, read his, his, his verbal cues. Um, when he starts repeating 
uh, repeating things and his voice starts getting higher for me, that's an indication. Okay. I need to help him to come back down. I need to help him to, to understand that I'm listening to him, that I want him to understand that I'm here for him. Uh, and, and so he can, he can know, okay, let's get back to a safe space. Right. Uh, a couple of things that 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 help me with with my son is I help him to take deep breaths. So that's one thing we learned uh, when he was younger, like in, pre, in kindergarten, preschool, kindergarten, is have him take deep breaths. So I'll say, Jamar, just breathe with breathe with me, right? So rather than just tell him, hey, bro, but count to ten, take some deep breaths. I'll just say, Jamar, breathe with me, and I just physically do it. And what I notice is while he's watching me do it, he's doing it. He's doing it. So as I'm breathing and I'm slowing my body, he's slowing his body too. And he's starting to calm down. Now, this works for my son. Um, and and maybe it works for somebody. It may not. Uh, but that's one of the things that has helped me you know, when I see him get to that point, anytime I see him get frustrated, you know, whether it's uh, with basketball practice or something with his teammates or, or classmates, you know, when he's talking to me, I look and I look for those responses and I try to keep him as calm as possible when he's talking. Because some of the things that that he's upset about, you know, we all get upset and all have emotional reactions to different things. So some of the things that he's upset about I'll just try to keep him as calm when he's talking to me. So when he starts to speed up in his voice, I say, but can you, can you lower your voice? Can you talk to me in a calm voice? Can you talk to me in a calm voice? And sometimes it'll be like, I am talking to you in a calm voice. And I'll say, Jamar, that's not calm. Can you, I'm right here. I'm listening. Can you, can you, can you talk to me in a calm voice? Do we need to breathe? You know, those type of things have, have helped him. And, and those are some of the techniques we use you know, today to kind of help him talk to us in a calm manner um, so that he's able to, one, verbalize what he needs and we can actually help him and help, you know, and understand him um, uh, with that. Um, giving him hugs. Uh, my son, one thing I love about him, he's very affectionate. He loves hugs, um, cuddles, all those different things. And so uh, when he also when he was like in preschool, kindergarten, you know, in his class, in his, in his special education class, they had weighted blankets. And for Jamar, that really helped him. You know, when he would start to get frustrated, they would have like a little calm down corner and he would put the weighted blanket on. And so with, you know, with some kids with sensory issues, um, that weighted blanket helps to uh, provide some sort of level of compression to kind of help calm their bodies. And so for, for my son, that was one of the things that helped him. And so when we started to learn more about that, then it was like, hmm, well, maybe hugs will help him. And so, you know, with him, um, there are times I'll put my hand on his chest and just, you know, again, along with helping with the breathing techniques, try to just tell him, hey, hey, bud, just let's calm, calm our bodies, right? And that physical touch has sometimes helped him, right? That doesn't mean it works 100% of the time, but there are a lot of times that that physical touch has, has really helped him uh, to kind of calm. And even to the point to where he has calmed down, if he has been crying or if he has come out of a meltdown, right, 
he'll want to hug, right? Or he'll want to cuddle or he'll want to spend that time with us, right? And so, and so that's just, you know, again, there's different techniques that work for every, you know, every child. This is what has worked for, um, for me and my son. Uh, but, you know, find out what works, right? Understand your child, you know, try different things. There are different techniques out there. There are different resources that can tell you, you know, things that can help depending on the sensory overload of your child. Um, find out what works and just try different things. And when you find things that work, then reuse it, you know, stick to it. And that could evolve over time as they get older, as they change, as they grow, as they develop. Uh, but you know, that's just one of the things that, that have really helped, um, you know, especially with my connection with him is, you know, being able to see him at, 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 at his level, um, yeah, speak to him in a calm way. Uh, but also, um, but also just to help him be able to calm and, and what it has taught me using some of these techniques, being calm, um, it's taught me to, uh, have a little bit more, uh, you know, calmness dealing with other people. So when I'm in other environments where other people are, their levels are getting high, I'm reminded of how I interact with my son. And sometimes people need a, a calm personality in the room because having that calm personality in the room may help to calm everybody else out. And so that's one of the things that, you know, I've been able to take out of my interaction with him into other pieces of my life, whether it's at work, uh, whether it's just outside of our house, whether it's, um, you know, in refereeing basketball, it's just staying calm in the midst of everything that's all the emotion that's going on around you. So, um, man, this, this was a, this was a great, this was a great, uh, session for me. Um, you know, because this this is one of the things that as as dads, sometimes it's hard to deal with when we see our child, you know, melting down and we don't know what to do. Right. This is this can be hard. Uh, but I just want you all to know that you're not alone, that we all go through these different experiences. Feel free to either reach out to me um, via email, puzzledads at gmail.com, Instagram, Facebook. Uh, if you want to comment uh, on the YouTube page, uh, on the podcast, uh, just let me know what your story is. Let me know some experiences that you have um, so we can continue this conversation and support one another as dads to know that we're not alone, that uh, we all uh, may go through it. Um, but man, this is, this is just, this has just been great. And I look forward to the, you know, future episodes as we talk about more of this and i'm thinking about some of the different stories that i could talk about now dealing with meltdowns but um they'll be tied to other topics that we're going to talk you know talk about uh in the future um i you know want to highlight if so this shirt uh if you like this shirt uh you can go to um touch of tiffany's design.com um i'll put the link in the description page um and so that you can click on the link if you want uh, to help support uh, Touch of T Tiffany's uh, design. Um, and then look for autism awareness under her products if, if you want. But I'll give you the exact link to the shirt. 
So thank you, uh, Tiffany, for, uh, for our shirts. Um, and just thank you for tuning in. Thank you for supporting. Again, share this with people you know. Uh, share this with other dads that you know. Um, like, subscribe so you can get the notifications when whenever a new episode comes out. Uh, and we're going to continue to drive the conversation uh, as men um, around uh, being a puzzle dad. So just remember, we are cracking the code of autism one piece at a time. Have a blessed day. And I look forward to talking to you later. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Puzzle Dads podcast with me as your host, Jamar Whitehurst. For more information on autism, check out autismspeaks.org along with other resources listed on our social media pages. Don't forget to leave a review and follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite streaming platforms such as Spotify and Apple Music. Remember, Puzzle Dads, to keep cracking that code because God has a plan for each of us and our children. Have a blessed day.